Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 303rd episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Blogger, and I am joined this evening by Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Jeff, Jeff. Last time you and I were were on this show, um, we were celebrating after a glorious 49ers pratfall uh, in the Super Bowl. How have your days been since since that glorious uh, end to their season? We're riding a crazy high. Um, I prepared for basically six months. I was going to have to deal with the Niners winning the Super Bowl this year. And that Green Bay game killed me, like, deep down. Like, they should have lost that game to Green Bay. I was so upset, as mad as I've been in eight years almost. And the fact that they were they, they actually should have probably won the game and didn't, I'm still – I still got a giant smile on my face. I'm still laughing. And now every time I go on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, I see something new that just gets me happier, and it's the 49ers players are fighting. Uh, the, uh, there's some weird Kyle Shanahan stuff. A lot of stuff he talked about, he has not made himself look better. feels like every time I log on there, I just get a new smile on my face. And, again, I've been preparing just to live with this. And this would have just eaten me. The Rams was hard enough a couple of years ago, but my hatred for the 49ers is just so much higher. It is. And, the fact that they lost to this game and now this thing lingers on them that they can't win and they're they're just always the second fiddle and it's I've just been eating everything up so I'm still riding high I'm still as happy as I've been in quite some time. Yeah, I I'm the same man. It's it's been it's been that kind of every morning you wake up with a smile on your face and everything that that feels like, ah, oh, man, I wish that didn't happen. Your mind kind of wanders back to the fact, yeah, but the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's all right. And uh, yes, Twitter, let's talk about that for a second. Some of the storylines that come out. You mentioned one of them. Um, I think it was John Feliciano, the guard who was injured in that game, 
came out and tweeted, responded to someone's tweet, basically saying, hey, this wouldn't have been a problem if the guy who is supposed to do his job had blocked the guy who's supposed to block. The guy who's referring to is his own teammate, Spencer Burford, who came in and replaced John Feliciano when he got hurt. And he's like, dude, uh, not cool. Uh, hope you feel better. Hope you recover quickly, like teammate. Uh, so that was one. Two is I saw almost immediately after the game, there was someone posted an Instagram post from Brandon Ayuk's girlfriend, essentially referencing that their last game could have been their last time stepping on Levi stadium field because might not play with the 49ers again and i thought ah whatever you know people family members say weird things and then i think some friends of brandon Ayuk, i'm not exactly sure other family members started posting as well on instagram a number of posts indicating that you know this is what you can't just have a 1300 yard receiver only get this many targets in the game and this is why we're leaving san francisco and so there's more stuff coming out there. Is there anything I've missed on that on that front? You covered that pretty well. Um, not really. There's just been a lot of chatter about Kyle Shanahan. Some of his friends in the media have come to his defense. But there's a lot of kind of comments from players on San Francisco. Maybe they didn't know the overtime rules. The fact that they kind of didn't. They went, they didn't go for it on fourth and four in overtime. I never, I never really considered the impact of that. And there's been some kind of weird comments from George Kittle and some other guys. And I don't know if it's shade or not, but there's a lot of like bad vibes around the 49ers right now. A ton of bad vibes. And you see the usual defenders of the guys who cover the Niners. Brian's got a very good judge of character on some of those guys. Mike Silver's one of them who wrote this column like, oh, Shannon did nothing wrong. You're all crazy to question the overtime rule Dave Lombardi only seems to think that oh Brock Purdy plays and no one else in the sport plays but yeah it's just this is why the losing Super Bowl thing is so hard when you lose like that in a game they should have won egos get involved people start fighting infighting and if it was the first time they've lost a game like this sure but this is this is now a thing this is a narrative around Shanahan and vibes of that team are just bad right now yeah yeah they certainly are super bowl hang hangover is a real thing and ego is a real thing and when you get to that point like they've gotten to the precipice so many times they finally got there to the game like they haven't gotten to the super bowl you know in the last couple of years at least and you know finally to get this close and to lose that late that close in overtime knowing how these guys are battling through injuries and their bodies are just taking the toll of all this and when your team is good as the 49ers people don't think about it but it's not just the toll of this one season they've been to the nfc championship game each of the last however many years right and they're playing a lot of extra games and their bodies are absorbing a lot of extra you know uh duress and so as a player it's hard to not just turn that into frustration 
and start pointing that at somebody else. And so it's tough to keep it together. You, that's when the leadership thing comes into play. Pete Carroll's as good at that as anybody in the history of the NFL. And he never was able to put that 2014 Seahawks squad back together. Like they never recovered from how that Super Bowl ended. There's a debate about whether this is more or less painful than that. In any event, it's tough. It is tough. And so we'll see. We will see what happens. Um, uh, let's get to a super chat here from Michael Mathis. Uh, Michael's always one of our most generous folks. Says, my desk neighbor at work is a massive 49ers fan. He talked so much shit for two weeks. Yesterday, I placed a copy of Pete Carroll's Win Forever book on his desk with a sticker that says, for Kyle Shanahan. Fuck the Niners. Very nice, Michael. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think there's, it's open season there. Um, and the best part is the ammunition's not hard to come. By. So, um, really what's going to be funny, Jeff is 49ers fans or 49ers fans. They'll just disappear. Yeah. They, they, like they go from the most egotistical asshole, aggressive, you know, just beating their chests about how great they are to just totally absent. Like they just disappear. So what's that? Oh, we just, we see the empty Levi stadium shots during those lean years. And as soon as they get good again, bang, bang, Niner gang comes back and, I'll tell you this. I went the first Seahawks game I ever went to was Pete Carroll's third game, and this was coming off like the worst Seahawks season I can remember. Two thousand nine, Jim Mora. This was Pete Carroll's third game. They just got their ass. I think they got their ass kicked the week before. Like this team was nothing. <laughs> that stadium was crazy. This was Leon Washington returned two kicks for touchdowns. This was like a team that had no talent. That's the seven and nine team I'm talking about. That stadium was jam. Like I go, I go a little nuts when people say like, "Oh, bandwagon fans, or whatever." Like, I don't live in Seattle like you do, and, but like, I have never seen a lot of empty Seahawks stadiums like the way San Francisco gets. But man, that one guard on San Francisco—he's kind of unraveling with some of his tweets. And you had there's a Jalen Carter story that came out. Yeah, let people know was, about that. I think it's it's. There's some questionable parts of that, but go ahead. Yeah, apparently one of the Niners, I think it was Feliciano, was it him? Apparently him and Jalen Carter got into it when they played this year when the 49ers kind of whooped the Eagles. And apparently Jalen Carter was talking shit about Feliciano's family and how he's going to put them into the ground or something. And (laughs) Feliciano brought up that Carter actually did put someone into the ground with that drinking and driving story that came out that hurt his draft stock, but just a bad look. Feliciano's gone here like fighting with fans. And I didn't notice it at the time because I was pretty deep in some drinks and I had way too much food, but and the replays, but the play they're talking about actually did cost them the Super Bowl. Brandon Ayuk could not play is like why the cornerback on the Chiefs fell. And if they were able to block Chris Jones, and not only did they not block him, not only did, were they not able to, they didn't block him. It was like that Micah Parsons play on the Seahawks, but it wasn't designed. And he just ran right through and blew up the play. And if 
someone just did a normal block or even just pushed him over the side, they easily score there. It would have been easy as a touchdown. I did not know that happened. So there was, there was, I think Chris Jones, he definitely saved at least two touchdowns. And I think you could make the case he made, he saved three. Um, he, I mean, that was one of the interesting, I mean, people, people, media in general, uh, always go for the simplest possible storyline because it's just it, it's easy right it's easy for that to, to move along um, and be transitioned between people and so the story if you watched any of the coverage the day after the super bowl 99 percent of it was patrick mahomes is he the goat is is the michael jordan like you know is he tom brady yet all this kind of stuff and i think that's all deserved like Patrick Mahomes is is legitimately in that conversation. But the implication was you have to have that kind of quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and he's the reason that they won the Super Bowl. And I think you can make a pretty strong case that they could have had Patrick Mahomes on that team and not had Chris Jones and not won. Yeah. I think you can make a case that they could have had Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes and not Trent McDuffie and not won. Um, there's people that could say that if they didn't have Harrison Butker, making a 57 yard field goal and you know, whatever else, like they might not have won. So I don't think the story of this game is as simple as, Hey, one team had the better quarterback and that's why they won. I think that's a reason, but I don't think that is a, I don't think that's a useful reason, a useful eva evaluation or analysis of that game. hundred percent. And there's so much chatter right now about everyone just wants to make it about the quarterback. Like you said, Mahomes is as good as a guy as I've ever seen. And the stuff he does is just unbelievable. But like I saw someone today talk about it, like Brock Purdy went in like a 15 round fight with Mahomes, and that shows how good he is. And I'm like, the only reason they were in the game was because of Nick Bosa and that D line and Fred Warner. Like they dominated the first half of the game. Like Brock Purdy was fine. He wasn't bad at all, but like I didn't get a sense it was a punch for punch quarterback thing. And People just seem to conveniently ignore things like that. Yeah, Chris Jones, if you're right, if you're drafting like the most valuable players in the sport, I think he'd go in the top 10. And he just doesn't get talked about. It. I mean, you're the one who talks about defensive tackles and interior pressure more than anyone I that I talked football with. And you saw exactly why. If he doesn't make that play, well, he was unblocked, but they might lose the Super Bowl. But he's just people want to make this. It's such a team sport. And that's why we spend so much time talking about offensive lines and all these other things because everyone just wants to make it about the quarterback. But like so much needs to work for you to win in these games. And if one guy screws up, and I always talk about on defense, if one you have one weak spot, it can collapse the whole thing. If you have one great player, you can hide a lot of other things. And that's what Kansas City does so well. They that Chris Jones just unlocks the rest of their defensive line. And it makes a huge difference. Uh, yeah. So I think that it is worth, cause I, you and I want to get into the draft stuff as soon as possible. So let's switch gears and take some patron questions before we do that, because I think we'll spend the bulk of the time on the draft. And I think we want to start getting into specific prospects there's some Seahawks news, coaches stuff, you know, I, you know, I don't know that any of it's for me to, to, to really get, get into unless there's patron questions about it. So let's do this. 
If you haven't already, give the show a like, click subscribe, and click the bell to get notified. And go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up now. Get access to the Slack channel immediately where you too can ask us questions throughout the offseason and have conversations with other great Seahawks fans. When during the show, after the show, before the show, all along the way. All right, Jeff. First question comes from Dave S. And he says, is it crazy to think that should the roster remain mostly the same, we can win a game or two more under this new coaching regime? I'm scared because I'm getting positive again. Um, I think there's a lot of reason to be positive right now. I think they absolutely nailed this coaching staff. I think they, their process was amazing. And this is a team that doesn't have no talent, but should the roster remain the same? I don't think so. I think they need to make some clear changes. To, they've invested. We've been talking about this for years, but the line of scrimmage needs to be, have some more investment. Offensive line has almost no hot paid players in it. Um, defensive line, they paid Draymond Jones, but the two highest payers are at safety. They got Tyler Lockett coming about $27 million this year. They need to reallocate some money. And I think they need to get rid of some guys. Jamal Adams has like a $27 million cap hit. Diggs is huge. I think they need to – I don't think the roster is going to look crazy different. And McDonald's made it pretty clear in his interviews. He doesn't think this is like a tear-to-the-ground rebuild project. Mm -hmm. So I think they just need to make some tweaks of where their money goes. I think they really need to really focus on the trenches. But I don't think the roster is going to look remarkably different. And I don't think there's a lot of cap room coming up this year. And B, they don't have a ton of draft capital like they had the last two years. They have decent draft capital. So I think you can expect, especially on the defensive side, I think you can, I can guarantee you the defensive is going to get more out of the, what they had in the last couple of years. It would be impossible to be worse. So I think that's where you can see the team get one or two games better with most of the same guys. But I think the shape of the roster is going to look different. Yeah. And, and, the thing with one or two games, and I think I, the the point of the question is, if the let's say if, if the Seahawks had this coaching staff for this past season, would they have won one or two more games? And I think, yes, I actually do believe that's the case. Now, not everyone will believe that, but I do. For next season, you got a different schedule. You're going to have different you know, injuries. Like all sorts of things affect whether they can win one or two more games. But I do think that this coaching staff has the potential to be at least one or two games better than the the previous coaching staff. Um, uh, so I think that's probably the, the gist of what Dave's getting at. Richie Brash asked the next question. He says, can we just take a moment to savor how great it is that the 49er fans have got to feel just as bad, if not worse than we did after Super Bowl 49? They can't ever bring it up to us again. Thanks to three straight excruciating losses in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true. Uh, there's there's really this combination, though, because the 49ers are still a significantly better team than the Seahawks. And to this point, their coach has been proven to be a significantly better coach than what the Seahawks have had. But we don't know yet with McDonald. We're excited, but he hasn't proven it yet as a head coach. Ryan Grubb certainly hasn't proven it yet as an OC. You and I were talking about it, Jeff. I had to go to Twitter to ask... I think Jeff Linehan may be the only other person in the history of the sport to go from being never having any NFL experience 
And then going from being an offensive coordinator in college to being an offensive coordinator in the NFL. There's a lot of guys that have kind of had almost that route, but what Ryan Grubb's going to be doing is pretty damn rare. So there's a lot left to prove, but um, my point being the only real way to just continue to hold this over them is for them to continue to lose and for us to get another ring. Like we got, we got to keep incrementing. We got, we, <laughs> we got to get back in the game because we're nowhere close uh, currently. Um, all right. Michael Mathis uh, asked a question here. Okay. Now genuine question, which player on the Seahawks offense and defense will improve the most from these coaching hires? You want to take one side? I'll take the other. Which which side do you want to take? I'll go offense. My, my answer will probably not surprise you. No, I'm, <laughs> I think it's absolutely going to be Jackson Smith and Jake Buck. Um, I don't know if you've heard JSN talk about Shane Waldron, but his impression of his usage, I'm guessing, was very similar to mine last year, where I was very critical of how the team did not tap into his skill set very well. I thought they used him very strangely last year based on it's very clear what he does well. Uh, the one – everyone who knows Ryan Grubb, especially I saw Softy tweet this, their first thought is this guy is going to tear it up in this offense. So I think a coach that had really good receivers, who did really good with them in Washington, who does a lot more motions and a lot more – who's really good at player utilization, I think JSN is going to take a big step forward. I think he probably would have – in most offenses, but I think this is a great landing spot for him. Yeah, it was pretty cool the Albert Breer story that that you referenced and got shared around and about Ryan Grubb and and the fact that there is a lot of interest in him and a lot of people watching him and a lot of people recognizing his offense as being an NFL caliber offense in college. Um, so that'll be cool to see. Uh, I'll take the defensive side. So there's a lot of ways you could go. Certainly you could say at the linebacker position, you could pick someone on the defensive line. Um, but my first thought really goes to Mr. Witherspoon. Um, a lot of folks are like, oh, I wish we could have Trent McDuffie. We have, I think we have Trent McDuffie. And I think Witherspoon can be that and maybe a little bit more, or a little bit different. Like, um, McDuffie was a blitzer in that game, an incredibly effective, incredible cover corner, incredible physical specimen taking on Trent Williams and like, you know, all sorts of great stuff. So I think Witherspoon can play not necessarily the Kyle Hamilton role, but can be a really effective blitzer in Mike McDonald's scheme and also just an overall playmaker. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Mike McDonald gets everything out of Devon Witherspoon. All right. Sean Pyle asks, how bad would our record have to be to justify firing McDonald in his first year? Like, uh, well, well, it depends who the quarterback is, but um, probably like, 116. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, can't, I can't see a scenario where uh, I'll say two, two wins or less. Two wins or less. I can't see a scenario where they fire this guy year one, unless he just looks like Nathaniel Hackett. He's totally over his head. But this is the guy that they've, they've put a lot of their careers in. Uh, John Schneider basically put his biggest career. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna would be about wins and losses. I think there'd have to be something in the situation where he loses the team. Uh, he makes some just big faux pas in how he handles the press. Um, you know. I don't know. I think he'd have to really blow it. So I, I just can't imagine. I, I think it's almost not a possibility that he would get fired after a year. Yeah, it would have to be a disaster to the point of like Jim Mora, Nathaniel Hockett. Yeah, for sure. All right, Ryan Cleveland, loyal listener and patron for many years. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, says, knowing what you know now, if you had the ability to swap any two of the coaching hires, with any other coaches that were available this cycle, would you do it? If so, who and why? I mean, there's not an OC I'd rather have. No, the OC market was picked very clean, and there was like if you could bring Bobby Slocan as OC, like sure, sure, but I don't think that counts. I mean, offensive line, there's some off, known offensive line coaches that I love, but I'm not even sure I would do that because of what we talked about before, that Ryan Grubb is going to be able to coach and call plays with the same offensive line coach he's played with for the last coach with the last two years. So they're going to hit the ground running. They don't have to get to know each other. They don't have to get to know their schemes. They're going to be like totally in sync. I'm not sure I would trade that out. Um defensive coordinator like Aiden Durd um there's probably a DC that maybe I would pick over him but not over Mike McDonald who's the real DC I don't know man is there anyone yeah like obviously like if you had Mike Zimmer and Mike McDonald putting their heads together that'd be pretty cool but right again if he was the game caller I'd be if Dirty was or Dirt was calling the defense, I'd be pretty concerned about just that role because he hasn't really done that before. And is it someone like Zimmer who's done it multiple levels? Yeah, that's a much better hire. But in terms of like building a staff, one of the things Pete did really poorly, something like Baltimore's done really well and Philly's done really well. Historically, Andy Reid's done really well. What you want to do is you want to build a staff is that if one of your coordinators either doesn't work out or gets picked from another team or gets a head coaching job, you want to have a constant thing of play young guys on the staff or up and comers on the staff being ready to jump up into next spots. And so a young guy like Dirt is exactly who you kind of want grooming behind McDonald. If it was Leslie Frazier as the DC, and we, here's the thing if you're concerned about the Dallas guy, I think Frazier's going to have more power than him anyway. Right. So he's the assistant head coach. He outranks him. So I think you want kind of guys on the staff where if one guy goes, the next guy gets elevated. And so the offensive coordinator, some veteran OC that was really good, like would you want Frank Reich or something over Ryan Grubb? Like I don't think so. I'd rather take a shot on a young guy. Yeah. I think it's a great question, but I, yeah, I think I end up with my answer is no. I, I don't think I would really trade trade out. All right, let's take a couple more. Uh, Jason A says you get to trade one Seahawks player for a reasonable draft pick. Who is it, and what position do you draft with the return pick? 
We'll get into the what player once we start doing mocks. So let, let let's save that for the mock part. Is there is there a does this have to be a realistic scenario or is this yeah? Is there a player on the Seahawks that you'd realistically trade for a draft pick that 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 could realistically return a draft pick? Mike Sox getting absolutely annihilated for saying that Seahawks should trade DK Metcalf. Yeah, um, I understand where Sox coming from. By the way. I suggested trading DK Metcalf uh, last year, you know, um, maybe actually two years ago when, when they made the rust trade, I thought it made sense to trade DK. Then I actually think the team might've been better off by doing that for what it's worth, but um, that's just me. Um, not, there's not a lot. Cause the thing with the Seahawks roster is there's no real middle class because they drafted so bad for so long. And like they either have like young guys on rookie contracts where you don't want to trade those guys, or older guys they probably need to start getting rid of, like Quandre Diggs, Jamal, Tyler Lockett. So you're not gonna trade a young guy on a rookie contract unless you think like Tariq Woolen. That's the, the name. That's the name. I don't know yeah. if Woolen fits McDonald's style of corner, and certainly from a physical tack tackling oh. standpoint, he does not. You have Mike Jackson. You have um, Trey Brown. Do if you can get a second round pick for Woolen. Yeah, I would do that. Would you take a second round pick for Woolen? Yeah, very quickly. That's tough. I mean, the guy was a Pro Bowl corner his rookie year, and still was an excellent cover corner last year. It's one of the most valued positions. It is. It's just if you. Can I mean, a if I got a first round pick, then yes, I'm moving on it. I'd probably do it for a second, but I think a second would be probably the realistic offer, and that's the one that's worth debating. Um, I mean, I don't think you're gonna get anything for the offensive. I mean, if you get anything for Charles Cross, I'd take it and start over at left tackle. Um, I don't think you're gonna get anything for the running backs. I don't think Gino's gonna return anything right now. Nuts. Um, so yeah, DK is the only one. <laughs> I don't think yes. his value is at its height, really, either. No, so. I think the time they, they sort of missed the time to trade him, which was before they signed him. Okay, let's let's take two more. Um, Jen asks. Do you think we go offense or defense with our first pick? Okay, well, actually, we're going to get <laughs> question. Are you, when are we going to do a Megapod with seven iterations of mock draft? Well, that's tonight. Probably tonight. <laughs> we're going to get going on that in a second. We're going to do a full seven-round mock, and then we'll probably do a couple more you know, shorter mocks. Um, uh, Braxton asks, which player from the 2023 draft – Oh, so last year's draft class, do you see making the biggest leap forward in year two under the new coaching staff? I'll tell you who I hope. Derek Hall. I mean, Derek Hall would be a guy. Mike Morris would be a guy. Cam Young would be a guy. Like any of those guys taking a big step forward would be a, a great deal. I think Boye Mafe, that sounds crazy, but like he has tools. Um, if he could be utilized better, here's the thing, Jeff. I like Mafe, obviously. I like Uchenna Nuosu. 
I don't think either one of those guys starts on the 49ers. No, no. And I don't think, I don't think that defensive line as good as it is, is good enough to really overwhelm an offensive line in the Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about the OCU Manura, Michael Strahan type of offensive line, or defensive lines to do that. You're talking about, you know, Vita Vea and the guys that did it for Tampa um, back then. Like, you need absolute earth movers. And so I'm a little bit concerned that we have not high enough ceiling edge rushers. Yes, I think the one... If this was a different scheme, if this was like the four-man fronts that San Francisco runs, this would be a big problem because there's no real ceiling for these guys other than the other guys developing. But we saw what Baltimore did with Van Noy, and we saw what Baltimore got out of Clowney. And I think McDonald, if he can tap into these guys and everything kind of coming together with the different looks and what can open up, I think it's a little different than asking – what San Francisco does was to just asking their front four to win. They run that old Seattle scheme up front. They run the wide nine stuff. They don't have players like that. And that's Seattle's number one defensive ranked player last year was Will Anderson. There was a reason. Those other guys just are more complimentary. Like if you had Will Anderson, Mafe, and Nosu, that's a hell of an edge rush group. Fortunately, ended up with a much worse version of him and whatever Derek Hall turns it to be. But you're hoping the scheme, they can unlock players with everything kind of working together where you don't need to have that dominant edge rusher. You can win with scheme. So, okay. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's do one more question here. I'm going to take this one from Sam Brown because I think it leads into what we're going to do next with the draft. Uh, it is how much O line improvement can you realistically expect in year one under Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff? I don't know about you, Jeff. I don't look at those guys as they're going to take the players the Seahawks have, even if they re-signed guys, and elevate them. And that might be because I don't know them well enough. Maybe I'm just misreading it. I don't think they have the right guys. So I think it's that's not a coaching issue. I think the biggest thing that they can have an impact on is who gets drafted and making good evaluations of offensive linemen for the Seahawks to add and to not get stuck with mediocrity. Like do not use significant cap room on Damian Lewis, you know, that kind of thing. Do not just take Anthony Bradford and say, that's enough. Um, do not look at Evan Brown and say like, that's the best we can do. Look at all three of those positions and look for ways that you can get meaningfully better. That's the way to improve the line. That's where they can have the biggest impact. And this is going to be a real interesting dynamic between McDonald, Grubb, and Schneider. Because Schneider historically, and I, I don't know if this comes from Green Bay, I don't know if this comes from Pete, we're going to learn this. He has not valued interior offensive line. And he's not, he's valued tackle. That's what they did in Green Bay. And then you can find the other guys and they've done it to a very, as bad as a rated you could do it. It's clearly not worked. Grubb is an offensive line by trade. That's where he came up. And McDonald in Baltimore, they really valued interior offensive line. They drafted Tyler Blinderbaum in the first round. They drafted uh, Kalenio Semele. They drafted a lot of 
And they spent money there. Kevin Zeitler was a priority free agent for them. And when Baltimore played Seattle, they just wrecked that part of their offensive line. So you're going to have guys who are going to really want that group based on their background. And then you're going to have Schneider, who's never really done it before. So I'm very interested to see that dynamic. That's a great point. That has to change. Like McDonald's evaluation of the Seahawks has to be that offensive line sucks. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right, let's get into it. Thank you for the Patreon questions. If you haven't already sign up at patreon.com slash Hawk blogger, you can get access to the Slack channel immediately. Ask us questions each week and also have a great time meeting a lot of other great Seahawks fans and what will be friends. Patreon.com slash Hawk blogger sign up now. All right, dude, it's time. Let's do it. I can't wait any longer. I'm getting antsy uh oh wait a second i may need to restart to share my screen because this is a new machine so if that happens you just stay put and i'll be right back take over i'll take over for that all right uh let's see if this works where can i find there it is and is that working yep hey okay can you see it well enough i see the offensive line stats it looks like oh no that's the wrong one okay hold on let me let me share the the better screen i got too many pff screens open classic um it is where is it 2024 mock draft there we go okay okay now we're good now we're good you see yep we're is back. it big enough that you can read it yep we are back it's okay all right all right folks we're doing we're starting here with a seven round mock draft oh boy um we are the seahawks picking at 16 um we are going to start this draft and we're just going to play the first one pretty straight okay we're going to play the first one pretty straight. Um, before I click start, Jeff, is there anything that you're like hoping happens in the first few picks, either for the Seahawks or for the you know Seahawks division rivals to not get or anything like that? Yeah, I really don't want the Cardinals to get Marvin Harrison Jr., even though it seems super inevitable. Um, I hope someone ends up trading into that spot and the Cardinals make a trade that looks great at first, but ends up being horrible. Like there one last year. Um, that's, that's why I was actually cheering for the Cardinals to win that last game. It wasn't to do with the Seahawks. They actually would have moved down a couple spots. So there's just so many good players in this damn division already. I don't want another one. All right, let's, let's get this thing started. Uh, gonna fly through here and uh first pick caleb williams second pick drake may third pick Jaden daniels so that's kind of chalk what was expected uh roma dunze goes to okay i got what i wanted i guess you did it's funny i feel like roma dunze is gonna be a guy that people have wide variations of takes on he is not he's not the fastest burstiest dude he is a physical receiver he's got great hands um i really do wonder i I can see some teams not seeing him as a top 10 pick i can see some teams not seeing him as a top 15 pick 
Um, I think other teams might see him top of the first. So really curious to see where he goes. It would not surprise me if he falls out of the top 10. Um, Cooper DeGene, I don't know if it's DeGene or DeJean, but in any event, I've seen him at the end of the first round. I've seen him in the top six, seven picks. So a lot of variation there. Uh, Malik Neighbors is another guy I've seen all up and down. Uh, Jerzon Newton's another guy all up and down I've seen. Uh, Fuaga, he's pretty... Now we're starting to see Jared Verse push up a little bit. I think the, the more people watch him, the more... He's going to, I think he should be a top 10 pick. I really do. I think that'll end up happening. I, I think he's a game changer. Um, Brock Bowers is a guy that I feel like this is stupid, Jeff, but that picture, you saw that picture of him next to Rob Gronkowski. Yes. I honestly think that hurts his stock. He looked small. <laughs> he looked small. Yeah. I thought he would be comparable size, but he looks significantly smaller than than Gronk. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't think people are going to make their whole vow on that, but I don't think that helped him. And so now you get to the 16th pick, Jeff, and there's like every time we get here, there is just a boatload of players. Now Dallas Turner is starting to fall down. None of us have been super enthusiastic about Dallas Turner. We're always like, yeah, take him in the top 10. Like, go. Like, um, Terry and Arnold drops. He's a guy that, like, J.C. Latham is a top tackle prospect. Uh, Latu, obviously, is one of the best edge rushers. Um, if you want Bo Nix, this is where you'd have to take him. Um, there are some people that have, you know, Nathan in one of our first mocks, he took Jackson powers, Johnson, the center with the 16th pick. And people are like, ah, ha, ha, like they kind of liked it, but there are people mocking him in the top 20 pretty regularly. Now, um, Braylon Trice, people have all over the place. Uh, Michael Penix obviously is a name Byron Murphy, who, I think you and I, and a lot of other, like I've seen him mock to the Seahawks at 16 more than any other player. Yeah. Him and Mr. Fatanu are the two players I see mocked to the Seahawks most often. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. So PFF obviously has different grades than some of the, like, the draft guys. And you'll see someone like the guy who went earlier, Dijon or Jijin. I haven't seen him in top 10 of anything. So I don't think that's going to happen. But we're starting to see some stuff from the senior bowl. Like Quinton Mitchell, Quinton Mitchell had a really good senior bowl week. Now all of a sudden he's going top 15 in this, these mocks. So I think there are, I know there's talk about like the depth of the draft not being good, but man, this first round. And I think one thing that's going to happen is there's that range of the draft where it's Vikings, Broncos, Raiders. I think JJ McCarthy's going to end up in one of those teams. And I don't know where he's ranked on here. I think he's, he's going Yeah, I think he's going to end up going in the top 12. I mean, we could see a run on quarterbacks and it could be McCarthy and it could be Knicks. Knicks, exactly. Kind of could just be sitting there like who knows. Um all three of those teams don't have quarterbacks right now locked in. They're all in sort of weird spots where they're not rebuilding. I think that's the McCarthy zone or the Knicks zone. Well, One of those teams Look at this, Jeff. I mean, so you got the first three teams that all need QB. New York, 
absolutely could make the case of taking a QB. Atlanta, if they don't sign Kirk Cousins, need a QB. Uh, Chicago already got one, so don't need another. Minnesota, did we already have? No, no. Okay, yeah. No, that's the range. That's the range. That, JJ McCarthy. Denver, Los, An- Las Vegas, all three uh, New Orleans. I mean, all those teams, they, they would be absolutely skewered if a franchise quarterback falls below them. Right? Yeah. So, one name I want to just bring up, not for the 16th pick, but this is a guy we've talked about a little bit. I like Chris Jenkins. This is a son of former NFL lineman um, Chris, Chris Jenkins, Jenkins as well, right? Yeah. Uh, 6'3", 305, 22 years old. Um, played in Michigan. Uh, Mike McDonald knows this guy. Uh, no analysis here yet. We're still early on that. But this is more of a, a big space eater but he's also a pretty effective penetrator so uh, this is a guy i like i mean obviously i'd love to get him in the second round but i think he could sneak into the first round and i just bring him up because the next question i'm going to ask for you jeff is should we be trading back here i was going to say that this is a no-brainer trade back scenario why because you just named five or six names in the draft they have a huge gap in the second round um, there are guys, there's just a lot of guys that'd be comfortable taking. And I think there's no one that like, unless you think Penix is the no doubt franchise player. I think you have to trade back in the spot. Unless, or unless you have Byron Murphy grade in the top five or something. Yeah. That's the, that's the name that would really give me pause. It's really these two, interestingly. Um, Cause that's the thing. If you, that, I know the PFF simulator, you can probably trade back and get one of those. Yeah. I don't know if that's reality. I don't either. I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this plenty, and people know my opinion on Penix. I think it is absolutely legitimate that this guy could be a total bust because of durability. Um, and if he's not behind a decent line, that he, he could struggle. All, the, all those things I think are mostly accurate. I also, and I say this without hesitation, I think his upside is number one overall pick. I I think he's that good of a passer, that good of an arm, that good of a leader, like dependable dude. Uh, I think that he has got arm talent that matches up with CJ Stroud. I I absolutely believe that if you look at their college film, Michael Penix has more impressive throws on tape and a lot more of them than CJ Stroud did. And C.J. Stroud is not some big mobile guy that's running all over the place. He is a pocket passer primarily. Kirk Cousins is a pocket passer. There's a lot of pocket passers in the NFL. So part of me, Jeff, feels like this is a guy that is just, you're not going to, this is like Mahomes lasting till 10. This is like Lamar Jackson lasting to 32. It's one of those things where people are going to be like, how did Aaron Donald last till 12 in the draft? Like, what the fuck? I think that Michael Penix of everybody has that chance. The other guy that's not quite that, but close is Murphy. I think Murphy can be a dominant defensive tackle. And for whatever reason right now, he's being projected outside the top 10. I think he's a top 10 talent. And this is where their coaching staff is so fascinating because Ryan Grubb is in the building 
and no one's going to have better information in terms of the evaluation on Penix. No one. There's not a single guy in the league that will have a better evaluation. And who did Washington play in that semifinal? Who were they studying for for that semifinal? Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. And who's so they got him, the offensive line coach, who had been studying this guy. They are going to have such good information on these two players. That's so All fascinating. Right. I think you're right, though. I think we trade back. Now, the trades that they're offering us are all out of the first round. No, you can't do that. I'm not interested in that. Where would you be willing to trade back to? Early to mid-20s. <laughs> trade with the Eagles, who are going to take Byron Murphy. <laughs> like They no. always are taking offensive line. They will take Jackson Powers. Actually, that's not a bad... Like I could see them doing that. Jason Kelsey retired. They need a center. Yeah. You know, let's see what we could get for this pick. Um, we give them sixteen. They're not interested in trading for this pick. Well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> who, who would be like the Packers? Yeah, the Packers are a common one. They got the Jets pick. Yeah. So we would have to give them. How much? Like, they're just not interested. What's going on? This is not letting us do much interesting here. Um, All right. So, they're not giving us a choice, Jeff. Like, we got to make a pick then? We got to make a pick. Who do you take? Byron Murphy. Okay. Done. Byron Murphy is a Seahawk. I feel pretty good about that. Now, all sorts of shit's going to happen. We're going to have to pause. See, now I'd be trying to trade into the second round. we got to trade into the Uh, second round. Yeah, let's get our pick back. So, a lot of guys have already gone. Uh, I kind of messed that up because I didn't give us a chance. Bo Nix goes there. Powers Johnson. Trice is gone. Fatanu lasts all the way to the end. I just don't see that, but it lasts all the way to the end. There goes Chris Jenkins. There's Chris Jenkins. That's about where I think he's he should be picked. Um, See, we would have traded up for Penix. Uh, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's now gone. <laughs> Damn it. All right, so let's, who, who's available? Let's just t- check who's available right now. Does it let us see that while we're doing this? Like Big Board, maybe? Um, no, that won't work. So I don't think we can do that when we're not on on the clock. So let's get this and see if we could trade uh, one of our thirds. And wow, what are they going to want for it? Really? How much? This mock is weird. They're being very... uh, they're not letting us do much to get into this. I mean, basically, they don't want to give up this pick. Two thirds. I mean, if we gave them, if we get, well, I'm not giving them two thirds. That's crazy. Yeah. If we gave them a, we'd have to give them a second next year. I don't think we'd do that. No, this is this is a weird simulator this year. It's not letting us. Let's restart this. Well, all right. Let's get through. Let's get through this a little bit more. Let's see if we can. Can we make a trade with somebody else? Let us do that. Um, here, let's slow this down a little bit. 
And let's try to. Oh, I'm not going to trade with no. the Rams. Let's try to trade with the Steelers. Will they take? Jeez Louise, man. It's not letting us do anything. Yeah. Where's our fun, man? I don't know. This was not, this was a lot better last year. All right. All right. Let's just, uh, let's speed this along then. We're just going to play this one straight. Okay. So we get all the way to the third round. Um, we've drafted a defensive tackle. See that's the trade down. So let's see. I mean, Spencer Rattler, if you're looking at quarterback, that's a name to consider, right? Um, Cooper Beebe is a name at, at guard. Guard, yeah. Let's 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 narrow down a little bit by position. So let's interior offensive line. Zach Spencer's a name I like. See, I think he's going to go a lot higher than 121. Well, didn't he get injured? He did. Like so, he may he may last a little while. Some people had him in the fourth round, even. Yeah. I like Zinter a lot. You got all these Michigan dudes. Yeah, we're we're gonna have great draft intel. Um, how do you feel about BB? Do you know much about him? No, I think three thirty-five, big boy. So Washington with Huff, did they go? What was the size of their players? They're big. They're relative, like interior. So their center was tiny. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that was by design. Their their top center, I think, got hurt. But um, yeah, they played with a very undersized center. But they were generally pretty pretty beefy all along. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, interior O line would be a priority. I think another one that you and I have liked. See if he's still around. No. No, he's already gone. We like the Michigan linebacker. Um, I feel like this has to be a trade down. It's so hard to do this mock straight up. Well, let's just see what would be the other position. QB would be the other position. Um, I mean... I don't think I'm, I mean, I, I could imagine spending one of the, if we're basically back to back third round picks, right. We're yeah, here and here. I could imagine taking a quarterback here. Yeah. Like Rattler's the only one who would make sense here. So I might consider if you're okay with it, I might take, um, Oh, they got, I, I'm tempted to take BB. Okay, let's go with that. I've been saying I want a line of scrimmage draft. So let's let's do that. I'm gonna take BB and let's see what happens. Okay. So we can still take Rattler. Do we want to do that? Yeah, I think you gotta take a shot here. All right. So now we speed along, we get to the fourth round. This is where I probably take Zinter. <laughs> oh yeah, done. Yeah. Done. All right, this is you and me, the beefy, beefy boy draft. Okay, we're in the fifth round. We've now taken two guards. We've taken a defensive tackle and a quarterback. So now I feel like 
let's I, I don't know a lot of these guys i'm gonna be learning as we go here um murphy's a junior 260 i mean I, I don't think unless he's unless he's dominant edge i don't know that that's where you yeah. go i mean well, tight ends a question mark for this team yeah they're gonna need tight ends all three of them are in question whether it's gonna be brought back this year i mean how big is barner Six six two fifty. uh how old is he oh they don't have his age um it's a run blocker yeah yeah i mean i guess he could be a disley replacement yeah what about linebacker yeah that's what i'm wondering about so michael barrett that's a cedric oh, gray cedric gray was a guy that i thought was coming out last year yeah and then there's one of the McCaffreys in there. He was a better, better prospect last year. Yeah, way better. Um, 6'2", 235. We've got no analysis on any of these guys yet. Yeah. After um, the it's going to change a lot. I mean, I'd go linebacker. You want Gray or this other guy's a, a, a Michigan guy. So I guess a little bit more of a pass rusher. Six foot two thirty nine. Yeah, not great size. Uh, he's more of a pass rusher. Yeah, not a bad cover guy. Knowing that, let's see which one of these guys is a better cover guy. Well, you can take one of the McCaffreys. He's a better coverage guy. What's that? One of the McCaffreys is there. Oh yeah, look at that. Because if uh, Lockett's future is a little uncertain. They all built the same. Um, probably go with one of the linebackers here. Oh, Tommy, Tommy Eichenberg's another name. Actually, that probably is a guy that makes sense. Uh, but he's a bigger. Like he's yeah, more of I a mean, Dave Campbell kind of build than a. Does uh... a Michigan guy want to take an Ohio State guy? <laughs> That's always a question. All right, let's do this. Let's take one of these linebackers. You pick what? Which one? Uh, let's go with Barrett. Barrett, done. Okay, get all the way through the sixth round. Oh, Frank Gore Jr. Uh, yeah, we're not taking another running back, but that's interesting. That's I mean, where you should take a running back. I know. <laughs> I know. We're not doing it. I, I refuse. No, no. Uh. Joe Milton being available here is interesting, actually. Obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we could look at center. Yeah. I mean. 6'3". That's a big dude. A big boy. Uh, I, I wonder if they're going to like Olu on the staff. Yeah. Well, they'll definitely know him. Yeah. Dylan McMahon's apparently another center that's gotten some attention. I don't think they're going to re-sign Evan Brown. I think there's a chance they won't too. Um, they're gonna need tight ends. They're gonna need centers. We haven't taken any tight ends, have we? No, they're gonna need tight ends. Yes, we're, we're, yeah, we're scraping like... the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, maybe I don't these know. Guys are maybe these guys are blocking. You know, this guy's not a blocker. No, it's six five two forty. Interesting. Um, anyone from Iowa? Anyone from Iowa? Yeah, they always have good tight ends. Laporta. That's fair. That's a good point right here. You can't even run block, though. No. 
250. He's a big kid. You want to take the Iowa tight end? Yeah, let's take the Iowa tight end. Roll the dice. All right. So now we are seventh, seventh round. Gus Bradley's son is still on the board. Is that Gus Bradley's son? Yep. No shit. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, let's see. I mean, basically at this point, you're looking for special teams. Oh, shit, dude. I'm taking this ZTF. All right. This guy had some nice upside as a pass rusher. He's, you know, he's a he's a long shot, but I think he could be a special teams guy. Love the story. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I don't know how I feel about this draft. I don't feel great, man. No. Uh, we get killed. That's how <laughs> I, I feel. Don't feel great That's about feel. it. Yeah. That's I, how I, feel. I think that looks like a potential just shit show. It's just it's potential to just have low upside. I, I think you either gotta take knowing that we've done this now, you either gotta take Penix at 16 or you gotta trade down. I think yeah, they, they would not let us move, dude. They won't let us move. I, I, we're going to have to. We figured out that gap between 60 and 78 is just so big. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do Let's do another one. Um, let's see if we get better luck this time. That, we were kind of screwed based on how the. Let's see. Uh, draft for needs. God, I wish I that. round pick right now. All right. Let's, let's just do this. And see if we can have better luck this time. Let's see if it goes a little different because that just felt wrong the whole time. Okay, so we're gonna get the Seahawks at sixteen. What's the shot I love? Uh, Bo Nix goes in the top ten. It's <laughs> a crazy one. Drake right. made first. Wait, Jaden Daniels? Where's Jaden Daniels? Oh, he dropped to eleven. I'd be like okay. screaming at the Seahawks to trade up if that happened. No shit. I mean, okay. So now we're at 16. We got one trade off. 36, dude. What are they offering? I, I just I gotta at least see what they're what they're offering. So 36, 40. 67. They wouldn't do that. 67, and we give them 81. 119. Around four pick next year, around three pick next year. I mean, should we try this? Yeah, let's try it. Let's try this. Some I don't know how thing. I feel about it. Let's see what happens, though. Okay, let's see if we feel better. Okay, they took it. They took it. All right. All right. Dan Quinn just moved up. Seahawks fans are going nuts. Okay, so let's see what just happened, what got taken. Um, so Latu tries to go back-to-back. Penix has gone at 19 in this Wow. One. He goes to the freaking Rams. This is my biggest nightmare, oh, that they're going to oh. go from Stafford to Penix and that we are going to watch him in the division be absolutely lights out with oh, Sean McVay. Jared, Jared verse last 20. 20. Terry Arnold at 22. Newton at 23. Powers Johnson. Dang. Powers Johnson goes at 28. There's a lot of guys we want. Fatana's gone. See, this is what's not great about this move, man. But we can still get Byron Murphy. We can't. Okay, I mean it's a bullshit. That's not how it's gonna work. No. But we've got so worth a ton of picks. So let's just take Murphy again, right? Let's take Byron Murphy. See, if we were gonna take him at sixteen. We can take him there. So, all right. Now, I'll I'll admit, dude, 
Chris Jenkins is interesting. Keon Coleman's interesting. Keon Coleman is a difference-making receiver. Now everyone's like, you got DK Metcalf, you got JSN, but you also could be losing Tyler Lockett. And I think this guy's a first-round talent. Yeah. Um, you've got some, I mean... Uh, Ad Mitchell. Yep. He's in, Zach Frazier. I don't know much about this guy as a center. Yeah, he, he's a bigger dude. Um... Seems like just like a solid center. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Chop Robinson's a really fast, explosive edge guy. Uh, I mean, I like Jenkins. We already took a defensive tackle. There's JJ <laughs> <Yeah>. McCarthy. <laughs> and where's our where's our linebacker? Oh, and there's Jalen Polk. Uh, Tyler Newbin's a great safety. Uh, we could be looking for one of those at some point. Where's our linebacker? Where is he on here? Tavondre Sweat's an interesting name oh. for later. Here he is, Junior Colson. Junior Colson. So, like, it looks like we could potentially wait a little bit on Colson. Um, we've got the 40th, the 67th pick. We could, we could package some of those picks and grab, grab someone earlier. Like, we yeah. could move. I up. think we should move back into the second round. You think we should move back? No, I think we should potentially with. Our oh yeah, 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 yeah. I hear what you're saying. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, let's move this to slow. So we have a chance to actually react. Um, yeah. All right. So there's some interesting names here. God, McCarthy. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't like McCarthy, but like, I, I have to admit with this it. type of draft, he becomes someone that I, mean, I really don't like McCarthy. Yeah. But I, with this set of picks, I don't hate it. Or you, can you take Chris Jenkins and just load up the interior? What do you do, Jeff? This is your pick. You make the pick. I'm going to kill for this, but I'm going to take – Yeah, this guy's pretty fun too. He's a little fast. He's got a crazy first step. Young, 21 years old. Look at that pass rush grade. Yeah. Yeah. So you, instead of – this becomes the new Daryl Taylor. <laughs> don't say that dude i don't like that yeah i know i'm just saying on the roster yeah i mean we haven't gotten our offensive line addressed at all so Graham barton is he a tackle at the next level there's been talk that he could play center yeah i don't know um he played all left tackle yeah so he's got no center snaps Patrick Paul, he's all left tackle. I mean, nice, no, a big, big dude. Christian Haynes, he's a right guard. Uh, what do you think, man, where are you gonna go? This, this is a tough choice. No, I think I'm gonna take Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins, all right, beefy. What worse? All right, hold on, pause. All right. Um, now let's see if we can get back in here. Let's just for this pick see what it would take um, for us to get in here. If we, it's two sixty. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't want. I wonder if they're paying attention to Jim Nagy saying that nobody wants <laughs> picks for next year or from uh, day three. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't want it. You have to give up sixty-seven and seventy-eight. Yeah. It's not crazy though. I don't like it. 
I'm going to no. let this keep going. You let this keep going. See if. Let's. Uh... Would they. Uh... Okay. I would potentially do that. Man, I don't know. I, I think we should let this thing go. Yeah, let's let this go. Let's see what happens. Let's let's let this thing go. I want one of Colson. Right. Oh man, we just oh man. So we didn't get so we were out of the second round. I, I would have oh, really... Colson and McCarthy are there. Interesting. And sweat's gone. Chop went. Chop went. Keon Coleman's gone. I mean, the receivers are gonna get eaten up in the second round. There's a wow, lot of second take... round. Wait. So we've got we've got McCarthy and Colson. You and I we're at sixty seven. I I think I want Colson here. I do too. I do too. Very Michigan draft. I mean, is this silly? Should we be take should we be taking McCarthy here? Yes, but I don't want to. Or should we be taking Christian Hayes, a guard? Like... No, I think Junior Colson makes more sense. I think they need that second linebacker. And this guy was the team captain. He they, they're going to pay Brooks or Queen. I think they're going to pay one of those guys. All right. All right. Here There's we go. There's no one internally on the roster. We're taking Colson. There goes McCarthy. We fucking blew it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where one where you would have to consider trading up again. But Jalen yeah. McMillan's still there. Yeah, that's an interesting name. Yeah. We can basically just make this a Husky uh, Wolverines draft. Yeah. Rattler, no. So we could take Rattler still. We could take Rattler. Um, we have not done anything on the offensive line, dude. Yeah, we got to do that. I don't like that. No. I pro Like Coram, no. Fuck no. Um, BB's still there. BB's still there. We've got another pick. What's our next pick? 81. Let, let's all right. Let, uh, we want to take Jalen McMillan. I think Jalen McMillan. I think that's the right pick. Okay. Um, yeah, now, after this, we go a long way. So maybe we take Rattler. I think this is where you have to take Rattler. Problem is, our O line is just You're not, not taking anybody on the offensive line, man. Yeah, I think that might have been the mistake doubling up on the D line. Okay. Well, let's take Rattler. But I do feel much better about this draft than the last one. Interestingly, I think I agree. Actually, let's make this thing go faster. Get out of here. Go fast. Turbo. Michael Hall. Zach's intro, though. Oh, done. Done. Let's take this. This is our Michigan Husky draft, dude. Yeah. Let's do it. Done. Let's just move this one along. Must be turbo. Is this turbo? Come on, man. All right, we're back up. Jordan Travis. No, no, no more Michigan. There's so many Michigan players. Well, I mean, do we take we take us the center? We we don't need a center because we just took the, the Michigan center and the guy that was a better Michigan center. Um, I mean, I think you take Barner, man. He's a blocking tight end. I think they need that. They want to run the football. Let's let's fucking go, dude. Let's just. <laughs> Mike McDonald will be our biggest fans of this mock draft. Oh, a 6'5", 292 edge player. It's like a Mike that, Morris. Look at that pass rush for you, though. Huh? Yeah. He's a run he's, defender. He's a run defender. But he's, you know, he's he's at Alabama. You never know with these guys. 
where they can play in, in the pros. But let's go ahead. Let's take uh, AJ Barner. Yeah. Me and you have types because we really like the same. I types. know. I know. Why isn't this moving faster? Come on. It's crazy that Michigan is this deep. I wonder they won the national championship. Another Miles Murphy. Oh. Different one. Uh, all right. So we've got a quarterback. We've got an offensive guard. We've got defensive tackles. We have not taken any edge. But then Jackson's an interesting guy. 64264. I mean, I don't hate that pick. No. I don't know Cedric Johnson. What the fuck? I don't know what that is. Anyway. Um, any other line prospects down here? Javion Cohen, six four three zero five from Miami. Uh, linebacker. What about the Dylan McMahon? What's that? Dylan McMahon, six four three zero five. I mean, Chad is asking about safety. Do we need a safety? I mean, we've got Julian Love and Quandre Diggs yeah. right now. I don't know if there um, is a safety of this. We need to start looking at tackles as backups for like six, seven, three, fifteen. You know, I don't know, man. We got our wide. Do we? We got a wide receiver, right? We got Poe. Yeah. Um, I think that center, or maybe the okay, maybe the edge. Can we do another one after this? Because I want to try trading um, Tariq Woolen and see if we can get something for him. Yeah, let's do All that. right, let's see what we can do. Okay, um, let's just pick Brennan Jackson. Let's get an edge. How's that? Yeah. All right. Done. Uh, let's take a kicker and replace Jason Myers. I like that. Yeah. Fuck Jason Myers. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't hate taking yeah. another tag in, in the seventh round as a flyer yeah i would take a cornerback here we've already got rattler right didn't we take so him? now we got a you, you can never have too many quarterbacks 5 11 208 <laughs> fuck that no he's out <laughs> we've done this small quarterback thing um i mean who knows 333 Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'd go maybe another linebacker. I like yeah, no. school linebackers. Yeah, special teams. Yeah. I got to find my Dorian Williams from, from last year for this yeah. year. I've got solid grades. I don't like the missed tackle. That's like a Cody Barton. Look, uh, but okay. um, I do like this. I, let's, the coverage grade. Like, let's do it. Let's get a coverage yeah, linebacker. Big John Tree guy. Um, All right. John Tree Hunter, you are a Seahawk. Okay. <laughs> so let's see what we end up with. We end up with a lot of players. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So you got a B plus. B plus for the They hated my Chris Jenkins pick. That was probably the one I regretted. I, I think that was the one that we made it been better to do differently. Yeah, that probably should have been. And I think the draft didn't follow us in a great way in this one, but I like no. like I like this draft much better than the last one. Well, not even close. Not like even much, close. much better. Like Murphy and Colson are day one starters. McMillan, if Lockett's out as a day one starter. Zinter Zinter could, 
Yeah. Zinter and Rattler have starting potential. Zinter just Zach Zinter, he's got name value, man. Like that, yeah. that guy's destined to be a 10-year starter at an offensive line in the NFL. Right? Zach Zinter, it's gotta happen. You got your blocking tight end. You can cut Will Disley if you need to. Uh Brendan Jackson, they love that one. They love that. I mean, he's a good, he's a good little rusher, man. Um, yeah. So Okay, All so right, let's, better about that. Let's, let's, let's do let's do different. one more. No Byron Murphy this time. Let's do not a full seven. Let's do like four. Yeah. How's that? And let's um let's see if we can trade. I definitely into the see second what, round yeah. with Tariq Woolen. I definitely see what Nagy's talking about with this draft. Like once you get to like round four, it's like ugh. it's There's pretty rough, there. right? Yeah. All right, so wow, see the Brock Bowers going at seven here. What a fucking weird draft. This is bullshit. Jaden yeah. Daniels is come on. Let's start again. This yeah. is stupid. I don't want to no, I'm not interested in this. Let's do this again. Leave. Come on. Around. Is a realistic scenario? Yeah, no. That's just so stupid. It's got less randomness. All right, let's just see what happens. All right. Okay. That um, would be more normal. All right, it's still a little weird, but whatever. All right, the right players are going still. All right, so we want to trade back, right? Yes. Is that where we've been trying to to go with this? Um, So if we want to trade, there's only one trade out for the 25th pick. Okay, so here we go. All right, 25th pick. We get 41. And we want 41, 57. Yeah, I would do that. Uh, uh, maybe let's see if we can get 41 if we give 41, them. 151, maybe. What happens What happens if you include Tariq Woolen? <laughs> All right, let's try. Uh, 88 back. No. 91? No. Doesn't look well, like it. I mean, I was kind of hoping to see that we could get Tariq, like a second round pick, just for Tariq. Let's not. Let's not. So let's, let's not include Tariq in this. Yeah. Let's do. Uh, let's do yeah. that. Yeah, I would do that. I feel like we're getting ripped off a little bit. I do too. I feel like. How about this? We'll do that um, let's see if, let's see if we can do this all right okay i feel better about that yeah we are second rounder back okay so then we go all the way to 25 ah there goes jackson power johnson all right um so, this time. so we're in that range now man this is where we wanted yeah. to be Fatanu is yeah, absolutely like I've not liked our offensive line options. That's that's no. the thing I'm learning so far. If we don't take an offensive lineman in the first round, is there a way we can end up with Panics and Fatanu? Like, can we? I think we're gonna have to move this to slow and then see if we can trade into the second round with a third Where round. Are we pick. Four? No, we're not at fifty-seven. We're we're fifty-seven. Yeah. yeah. All right, so. I think we should. I think we should take Fautanu here. 
Yeah, we our offensive line has just been ripped. We haven't apart. tried that approach yet. I think we should take an offensive lineman here. Let's take Fatanu for guard. I can play tackle as well. I just think he could end up being our right tackle if if things don't work out with Abe. Yeah. Um, he also can play guard. So let's do that. And then let's see what it would take for us to trade into the second round, early second round to draft Penix. Let's let's have this yeah. go real slow. There I go here. <clears throat> All right. Not that slow. It's not gonna be here. It's not gonna be here. All right. It's not gonna be here. Oh my god, Troy getting Murphy. Not gonna be here. Not here, not here. Okay. I know that we're not going to get this, but let's just see what it would take. If we did Tariq Woolen, trade will not be accepted. If we gave up... No, it doesn't like any of these. Oh, 40, if we gave up both third-round picks and Tariq Woolen, that's too rich, I think. Well, not for a quarterback, but... I don't think we need to do that. I think we can wait a couple spots. Because did New England get a quarterback with their first pick here? No, um, no, they went wide true. receiver. So they could. You're you're basically if Penix could go right there. Yeah, you'd have to do it essentially. Washington got their quarterback, so you could Arizona. try to go for thirty-seven and maybe get a little bit less. Have to get. Yeah, one. I say we roll the dice. Roll the dice. Ah, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that's rough, man. That's the thing. We knew it. We knew that was where the risk was. Um, Are we going to trade all this now? Yeah, it's just it's the same trade basically. We'd have to yeah, do. I think in hindsight you kind of have to do that trade if you think Penix is that good. All right, do we want to restart this thing? Yeah, let's restart it. Okay. Um, well, we've we've learned we've learned a lot. All right, mock draft simulator. Leave. Let's turn the friggin' randomness down. This really is a top heavy draft. It's a weird. Well, well, a little bit of randomness. I guess we gotta leave something in there. All right. Let's do three rounds. Let's go. Speed turbo. Start draft. Okay. All right. Now we're talking. I don't know, dude. Oof. Like, how do you not take him? I think you got to take him. And I think we got to figure out how to get into the top of let's let, let's do this. Let's take verse. Let's take verse. I think me and you are both. And then let's see how things fare here. Turner, Latham, Latu. Okay, so there goes Byron Murphy again. Okay, hold on. So pause now. See, did New England take Let's a quarterback? Who did New England see they didn't take their quarterback? So I think so we're gonna we have gotta, to move into the spot. We got to move here. All right. Um, we got to go yet? 
Katana no. hasn't gone yet either. Okay. Well, shit, dude. All right. So we want this pick. We're going to have to trade. <clears throat> Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. Let's offer that trade. Ooh, yep. <clears throat> there you go. So you got to take Michael Penix, don't you? You got to take Michael Penix. You can't trade that kind of prospect for a guard. You got to trade Michael Penix. So now you do this. Oh, shit. Let's move this along. I think we're done now. Pause. Is that? Did we trade all our guys? All our picks? Yeah, we're not. Well, I think it's a three-round mock. <laughs> wow. I don't know about that, dude. You need packs to hit or else someone's getting fired. <laughs> that is that is way too much. Um Yeah, well, there's no fourth round, remember. So we just gave up basically our entire third round. Yep. There's they're no not, they're not gonna like that at all. Oh, they do. <laughs> they love it. I mean, here's the thing. We potentially just got two of the top 15 players in the draft. Those two guys could be the highest value picks they could possibly come out of this draft with. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate it. Well, the thing it looks like, because we didn't do the fourth or fifth round, but... I... <laughs> Jen Maz is not happy. She wants us fired. <laughs> I think the one before was our best draft. I don't know. I, I think you're right, but I will tell you, these are both blue chip potential players. And yeah. if Penix hits, he's more valuable than any other player you could possibly. Well, that's why like the third round picks seem like a lot, but for a quarterback, like to move up for a quarterback, that's nothing. Right. Right. And Jared Verse, if he is if he is like the game wrecker, I think he might be. I don't know, man. I mean, third round picks and and woolen. Um, I mean, Willen's a uh, young, talented they, cornerback. Carolina, like the them and Seattle, have a lot of ties. Exactly. Um, the front office is, it's a strange spot right. with them, man. I, I, I told you, I've been really struggling with this because there's they're in a weird spot because they need they need a defensive lineman, they need an offensive lineman, and they need a quarterback. They need to draft a quarterback in this draft. And they need a linebacker. And they need a linebacker. I, I can't. I'm struggling. We're going to have to do so many iterations of this because it's a tough puzzle to put together. It's a tough puzzle. And I think that's sort of why that's why Salt came up with the idea. I know everyone hates it. It's stupid. And it, you saw what happened in Tennessee. But if you have two first rounders in this draft and a second or something, you're feeling a lot better. You're feeling a lot better. Well, of course you are. I I, I just and then how do you, you you can't replace DK. That's the problem. Here's where I kind of come out on a couple of things. So one, I mean, I like <clears throat> I like Jackson Power, like the, the center, but I think Evan Brown and Olu are fine, or just Olu. Like I don't know that you need to take center. Like I think you just have to maybe that's a lower positional value anyway. Coming from a guy who you know likes the center spot. I don't think you go there. Me guard? Either. 
I don't think you can leave this draft without someone that can play guard. I'm not okay with going for Damian Lewis and calling that good. Like that offensive line is not good enough. I don't believe that the coaches can get that much more out of those players. I agree. They're not strong enough. No. So guards, one thing that I feel like, okay, that's just, you got it. You got it. Like Fatano is a really, really good fit for the Seahawks on a lot of levels. Knows the coaches can play guard, can play tackle. That dude makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's, he's a hand and glove fit. And then, I mean, it all comes down to your evaluation of Michael Penix, man. I know. It's if they so... think about him what I think about him, then you move mountains to get him. Yeah. If you don't, then you are Jared Verse, you are Byron Murphy, you are Chris Jenkins. Like, But this hole in the second round, man. So this is also assuming they haven't signed Leonard Williams. Yeah. If they right signed Leonard have... Williams, how much does that change things for you? It changes things is then you don't have the, the big need. You're like I think it prioritizes some of the offensive spots. But Jared Reed's only here for one more year. I think that's going to be the last year he'll be here. Who else do they have at defensive tackle? Uh, Draymond Jones is probably here for one more year. He moved to edge. Brian Monet's is probably going to get cut. They're thin there. Which is why you really have to sign Leonard Williams and Bolt. Like Cam Young is here. Cam Young's the guy who's not thinking of. He's a guy who typically fit into the way Baltimore played, but he's a rotation guy. He's not going to impact you. So this is a, such a tricky puzzle for me, and why I'm struggling with this so much because they need offensive line, they need defensive line, but if that dominant edge guy is there, it can change their trajectory. This is not an easy draft. That second rounder, man, is just killer. It's yeah, I think this is a two-round draft. Like yeah. maybe you get into a little bit of the third with the linebackers. So maybe you move the two threes and you get up. I think you have to. I think you gotta get in the first two rounds here. And I think the third round picks are not as important. I think you trade maybe some like if you can package stuff up from next year to get into the third round, but like I think you got to get back into the second round. Yeah, because someone like Junior Colson, he's like, yeah, I think he's got to be a, a critical pick. Yeah. So if you're not taking Penix or someone like Verse, I, I think you got to move down. Yeah. I mean, if you can move down and get a second round pick, it's a yeah. no-brainer. I think you have to do that. Because then it's if hard you do that, and that bring because... back Leonard Williams. That 16th pick, like, there's just so many good players there, and you're going to lose them if you move down too far. I know, and that's where the puzzle still struggling because when you're looking at 16 on these things because of all the quarterbacks that are going to go, you're probably getting the equivalent of a top 12 player because I think Knicks and maybe – I think McCarthy is for sure going to go before they pick. I, I, We'll see what happens in the next three months, but everything I hear, he's, I think he's going to go in the top 12. So – that's going to push someone else down to them. And so many people went back to college, so many juniors that would usually come out. So when we get to round three and four, it looks light because it is. Yeah. 
the senior bowl week was like ugh, not great and you gotta come out of this draft with impact players and it's not gonna be an easy decision they got a tough <laughs> tough draft ahead because yeah. in free agency there's not there's there's some interesting names in free agency this year but the cx are cash trapped and they got to sign leonard williams that's that's where I think the free agent picture, we got to do that next a little bit to help fill this yeah. out because there are some really good defensive tackles. There's some really good guards available. I mean, if you go get Jonah Jackson from Detroit or you know, maybe you get Kevin Zeitler, who I wouldn't be my first choice, but because he's not the a long-term answer, but he could be a top guard for the next couple of years. Then that changes the equation a little bit. So I think we got to look at free agency next and have a, a point of view there. And then I think we'll be a little bit more informed on the draft stuff. I agree because I think they got to move some money around. They're way too invested in safety right now. Uh, they have too much money into receiver right now. We've been talking about that danger, which is why Smith and Jigbo was such an important pick last year. They need to funnel that money into the line of scrimmage. And they're going to have to pay one of the linebackers. It's either going to be Brooks or potentially Queen. One of those lines, it's not going to be Bobby Wagner. And then once those guys get paid, it's going to open up something else. But linebacker, they have, they're going to have one probably starter. They don't have anything internally. Devin Bush is a free agent, too. And please do not sign him. Um, <laughs> like, do you look at Jadavian Clowney to take the edge? Do you think you can get him for cheap? Can you get Van Noy for cheap? Like, ah. This free agency might be very important for this team to set up the draft. Yeah, I think free agency is going to be key. Um, so, anyway, I know I was sorry. I was responding to someone in chat. I, 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 everyone, everyone's very. Uh, there is a polarizing. There's no more polarizing player in this draft probably than Michael Penix. Um, for Seahawks fans. And yeah, I think he's off board for a lot of people. I think he's an ideal pick for other people. And as you've said before, thank God we've got Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff evaluating. Thank God we've got Mike McDonald who has inside information on McCarthy and all that other piece. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean, the biggest, where everyone else is concerned about panics, my concern is McCarthy. If, if Jim Harbaugh is out there saying that he should be the number one overall pick and he's obviously not going to take him. Is he convincing Mike McDonald's Mike McDonald fallen for that? Does he make a rookie coach mistake and go and get a guy that's going to just be a absolute millstone around his neck for his, his career. That's the guy that worries me because I've never seen top shelf play from McCarthy. I've seen it from Penix. So it's all projection with McCarthy. Yeah, it's, the thing with McCarthy is, you know, on one hand, you'll say you can't blame him because he wasn't asked to do something. Maybe that doesn't mean he can't do it, but he's never really done it. And like, can he's he's you're hoping he becomes something based on traits. And I know he can make he can move and he can make throws on the run, but he, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to put my my franchise in that guy. And I think if I'm trying to, if I want a McCarthy, I think I want to be built on the lines. I think I want to be able to protect him. Um, I don't think the Seahawks have the infrastructure to make McCarthy succeed. And we're going to see a lot this week because 
There's a big decision to do on Friday. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about quarterbacks a lot the next three months. That's true. All right, dude, we should wrap up here. Uh, someone else, someone says we should check out Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame. That guy is awful. He is gorgeous. If you want to, if you want to have like a calendar of Seahawks players, all the ladies would love Mr. Hartman, but I watched him throw the ball during senior bowl practice and it was awful. It was embarrassingly bad. So no, he's not on my list. Uh, all right, my friend, that's Jeff Simmons at real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Make sure you follow him there. Uh, I'm Brian Emmehauser at Hawk blogger. And uh, if you haven't already give the show a like, click subscribe, click the bell to get notified when we go live. Cause as you can tell, we've been doing pods at very random times. I hope everyone has a wonderful Valentine's day tomorrow. We all had plans with our significant others, which is why we had to move the pod this week from Wednesday to Tuesday. We will be back next week with another pod in case, unless Jeff and I decide to do one before then, because you never know with Jeff and I, we might just want to jump on and do more because we are insatiable for all of this. Um, and uh, I've got another pod I will be starting. I'll give people more information on this. This is not related to the Seahawks, um, but I will definitely be um, promoting it soon and hope to get some of you on there to check it out. Um, it is about careers in, uh, your professional careers and stories from people that have, uh, gone through some interesting career progressions. And I hope people will enjoy it and learn something from it. More coming on that soon until then, I'm going to let you all go have a wonderful night, sign up at patreon.com slash Hawk blogger. You won't regret it and go Hawks. Screw the 49ers. Take care. Hey folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the Tape Morning After articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.